Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 moses is saying your presence is more important to me than the promised land your presence to me is more important than a land flowing with milk and honey your presence to me is more important than the fruitful land and all of the fruit of the 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 field that i can enjoy i would rather stay here in the wilderness in this tent where i know your presence is at because your presence is my portion you are all that i need and i can't imagine having to leave without your presence I can imagine Moses reasoning, I would rather go back to Egypt. I would rather go back to slavery where if your presence is with me than to go into the land of promise without your presence. Your presence is my only hope. I have no hope without your presence. Joy is not dependent upon circumstance. Joy is dependent upon God's presence. The scripture says in your presence is fullness of joy. The psalmist wrote, I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to dwell with the wicked in tents. I would rather be your servant. I would rather wash the feet of your guests than to dwell in the tents of the wicked because your presence is there in your house. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various kinds of trials. Count it all joy. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is a choice. Joy is saying, I'm not leaving this tent unless your spirit, your presence goes with me. That is joy. Joy is making the choice and saying, you know what? The bank account is empty, but I'm rejoicing in God because he provides. Joy is saying, the doctor called and it's not good news, but I know my God is a healer and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think, so I'm going to choose to rejoice because God is doing something here. Joy is a choice that says, even though my marriage isn't what it should be, God is able to bring it to where it needs to be. Joy is a choice that says, even though my child has walked away from God's goodness, I know that that child is never too far from God's reach and can't be brought back into his presence. Joy is immovable. Joy cannot be taken. Joy cannot be stolen because it's dependent not upon your circumstances and the winds and the waves. Joy is dependent upon who's with you in the boat, who's with you in the tent. God's presence is what determines joy. So I wonder, if you've been struggling this morning with a lack of joy, 
If the joy of the Lord has not been your strength, if you have not known that fullness of joy in his presence, could it be, could it be that you're not rejoicing in the midst of those trials, that you've not really enjoyed God's presence to the degree that he wants you to enjoy his presence? May we all have the heart of Moses that would say, I don't care what promises lie ahead. If you're not with me, I don't even want the promises because I want you more than I want the land of promise. I want your presence. That's joy for my spirit. That's joy for my soul. And without it, I have no hope. Count it all joy. Reckon it joy, my brothers, when you're met by various trials. When you are met by trials. Not if the trials come. When the trials come, trials are guaranteed according to Scripture. And now, the, the word of faith movement and the word of healing movement, these movements that go around talking about how if you get sick or if you're going through issues or trials or difficulties, it's because you don't have enough faith. Those are all false teachings. The Scripture says, when you fall into trials of various kinds, different kinds of trials. None of our trials are the same. Some of us are gonna struggle in our marriages. Some of us will struggle with finances. Some will struggle with relationships. Some will struggle with health. Some will struggle with doubt. We're all going to struggle with different things. But we are all going to struggle. When you're met by various trials, Jesus said this in John 16, 33, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart because I've overcome the world. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have distress. You're going to be persecuted. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard, but it's okay because I've already claimed victory on your behalf. Jesus has already won the battle for you. You need to stop fighting. You need to lay down the weapons. The scripture says this, Jesus said this, or excuse me, Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter four. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes to you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But here it is again. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings. You're going to have trials in life. It's going to happen. Are you going to believe the, the word of faith movement that says trials don't happen if you're a, a believer? Or are you going to believe the apostle Paul? Are you going to believe the, the James, the brother of Jesus? Are you going to believe the P apostle Peter? Who will you believe? Trials are going to happen. They're inevitable. Count it all joy in the midst of that trial. The word trial in the Greek, what it literally means is an evaluation to determine the nature or character of something. And if you think about it this way, if, if, if you're at a, a trial in the court of law, someone is on trial, there's an evaluation taking place, people will come with evidence and witnesses will give their testimonies in order to establish whether or not that person is guilty or innocent, to establish their character or their nature. They are on trial. Listen to me. God is not on trial in the midst of your circumstances. God is not the one on trial in the midst of your tribulation or in the midst of your, your trial. You are the one who is on trial. I know God's nature. I know his character. I have no doubts about that. But what happens? What happens when a trial comes our way? The first thing we think of more often than not is why is this happening to me, God? We put God on the trial seat. Why would you do this to me, God? 
Haven't you been watching? Haven't you heard my prayers? Haven't you seen how much I've given? How, how much you, haven't you seen how much I, I give to the church or how much I uh, volunteer at the church? Why would you allow this to happen to me, God? And we put God on trial. He is not on trial. We are on trial. Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials. Now, here's your next point. In the midst of this trial... You have to have an understanding in the midst of that trial. You need to see why God is doing what he is doing. You need to take yourself outside of your circumstances just for a moment and say, Lord, what do you have for me in this? What can I learn in this? Look at what the scripture says again. Knowing, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various uh, trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You know, that word know and the Greek is gnosko. It means a knowledge that is gained through experience. Here's the thing. Steadfastness cannot be learned by reading a book. Endurance cannot be learned by reading a book. You cannot learn how to endure by listening to a sermon on this stage or on the radio or on the internet. The only way that you can learn endurance is by earning it through your life circumstances and trials. It's the only way you can earn it. You have to experience endurance. So listen to what he says here. There's a purpose. You have to know that there's a purpose for your trials. It, God has a purpose in the midst of your trial. Know it. Just know that God is doing something. The scripture says in Romans 8, 28, and we can quote this verse, for all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Right, And when somebody else is going through a trial, we like to quote that verse to them. Hey, it's all right, brother. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But we forget that verse when it's our trial, don't we? Like, I want to share that, that message of God's word with the person going through the trial. But when it's my turn to go through the trial, I forget that verse. No, God is doing something. It says, knowing, or for you know that the testing of your faith, that word testing was a word that they would use to determine the genuineness or authenticity of a coin. You need to make sure that your faith is authentic, that your faith is genuine, that your faith is not fake or counterfeit. Are you following me? So in the midst of these trials, God is allowing a test to come in, not to try to disqualify you, but to prove to you that your faith is real, that your faith is genuine, that your faith is substantial. See, the word testing, to prove that something is not counterfeit, if we apply that to ourselves right now in this moment and you say, whatever your trial is, you each have a trial you're struggling with and you say, God, how are you proving my faith in the midst of this trial? You have some sort of purpose in this sickness. You have some sort of purpose in this broken relationship. You have some sort of purpose in this lack of financial need. You have something that you're doing. There's some way that you're working and I don't see it, but I need to trust that you're working it out, that you're proving to me that my faith is real. You guys have a Scantron with you? How many of you guys, pull this out real quick.
Now, how many of you, when you walked in here this morning, you saw this in your bulletin, you almost left? <laughs> right? When you walked in, when you were taking classes, whether it was high school or college, you walked in and you saw this sitting on the desk, you're like, oh man, this is not going to go well, right? L listen, the purpose of testing is not to prove what you don't know. The purpose of testing is to prove what you do know. This is the way God is testing you. In your bulletins this week, there are 10 questions that I want you to go through. And this is the reason why, because you, you, you need to understand that in the midst of your trial, God is doing something. There's a purpose for it. He's testing you, not to say, ah, 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 you failed, but to say, look, this is what you know. These are areas you need to improve. So read that this week. Take 10 minutes. Go through that test. Fill it out on your Scantron. How would you respond if you found out you lost your job? How would you respond if you found out people are talking about you behind your back? How would you respond if you found out that your daughter was bringing home some young man that you don't approve of? How would you respond in, in these areas where you found out that there's a call from the doctor and it doesn't look? How would you respond in the midst of those trials? Because see, God is trying to test us all. He's testing us to prove to us whether or not our faith is real, legit, genuine. You see, faith is like a muscle. And a muscle, in order for it to grow, it has to be stretched, it has to be torn, it has to be tried, it has to be put through a trial or a testing. I've got some weights here. Now, look at this. These are the kind of weights that I use right here. Look at that thing. 1.25 pounds. Do you know why this weight even serves any purpose at all? Because once you get to a certain amount of weight and you can't continue to put weight on the bar, the only way that you can get stronger is if you add just a little bit more weight. So you know what? You get a really small weight and you say, you know what? I can't add another five pounds. So I'm going to add a pound. Uh, I'm going to add two and a half pounds total. A pound here and a pound here. And you lift that till it's easy. And then you pull out another fractional weight. You pull out two and a half pounds. Now, okay, I can graduate up. I'm going to pull out two and a half pounds. Then you pull out five pounds. And eventually, before you know it, your muscles have grown because you've stretched them. You've tested them. You've put them to work. You're not just being lazy. Your faith is like that muscle that needs to be stretched. It needs to be tried. It needs to be tested. It needs to be put to its exertion point in order for it to grow. You need to test your faith. Listen to what the word says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize uh, this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test? I hope, that I hope Paul says, I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test. Test yourselves. How do you test your faith? How do you put your faith to the test? You put yourself in situations that are uncomfortable. You pick up the phone and you call that person when you think it might be fruitless. You forgive that person that doesn't deserve it. You give that offering when it doesn't make sense to give that offering. You go to that foreign land even though you're afraid. You share your faith with that person even though they intimidate you. You stretch and you stretch and you stretch that faith. You pray that prayer even when it seems like it would be impossible. 
you pray that prayer. Understand this, your faith is not tested in answered prayers. Your prayer is answered. Where is any testing in that? Your faith is tested when the prayer isn't answered and you keep praying anyway. That's how your faith grows. That's how the muscles grow. You add a pound at a time until you can get your goal. Listen to what 1 Peter says about the testing of our faith. He says this, in this you rejoice. There's that word again, that deep-seated sense of well-being. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the result in praise and glory and honor at, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what the Apostle Peter says. He says, your, your faith is being tested. It's being refined. And in those days, what they would do in order to purify gold is they'd bring the gold and they would put it in this big vat and they would light a kiln under it and it would boil the gold. It would melt the gold and all of the impurities in the gold would rise to the surface of the gold. And they would come through and they would scrape the top and they would heat it a little more and they'd scrape the impurities off the top and they'd heat it a little more and they'd scrape the impurities off of the top and they would keep heating the, the gold until no impurities were left and the goldsmith could look down into his gold and see his own reflection staring back up at him. Now think about the beauty of this just for a moment because we're the gold our faith is the gold, and it is being refined in this fire. It is being tested. It is being heated. And the way we react to our trial shows all of those little impurities that we need to scrape away. The phone call comes from the doctor, and we freak out, and we stress out, and we lose sleep. And God says, look, there's some impurity right here in your faith. We need to get rid of that. The phone call comes late at night and your child's been arrested because they got in trouble. There's a little, you look down, God says, look at how you reacted to that. Your faith needs a little, let's scrape that off. You find out that your spouse is talking with someone at work. How, how are you going to react to that? What does the goldsmith see when he looks down? Does he see some impurities come to the top? Does it need to be scraped away? All of those trials, all of that tribulation, it's being heated. You're in the kiln. You're in the fire. Your, your, your faith is being tested, but it's bringing out all of these impurities so that the goldsmith can wipe them all away so that when he looks down at the gold, he sees his reflection staring back up at him. God wants to see his face staring back up at you. And I'm comforted by people in the scripture like Job. Job lost everything. He was the wealthiest man during his days. He lost his sheep. He lost his oxen. He lost his, his camels. He lost his home. He lost his 10 children. And when all of that loss happened, what does his wife do? His wife says, just curse God and die. Man, there's a lot of impurity there. What does Job say? Job says this in Job chapter 23, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, and I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when he is working, I, 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 I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. Job says, I don't understand what he's doing to me. I don't understand why I've lost all of this. This hurts. 
This trial is difficult. It's too, almost too much for me to bear. But look at what he says in verse 10. It says, oh, there's this, this epiphany in his spirit and he breaks forth and he says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, when he has tested me, when he's put me through the fire, I shall come out as gold. Man, that's the outlook that I want. You see, your faith is proved through your trial. God's gonna show you exactly what you're made of in the midst of that trial. If you're not in a trial today, you're either coming out of one or going into one. And God wants to do something in the midst of that trial. He wants you to rejoice in his presence. He wants, to cling, he wants you to cling to him like never before. Listen to what Isaiah wrote. He said this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. This is, he's speaking on behalf of the Lord. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, says the Lord. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. If this were written in today's text, do you know what this text would say? God would say to you, it's going to be all right. I've got you. I've got you. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, the waters are billowing. Yes, they're crashing down on the boat. Yes, you're, you're, you're afraid. Yes, you, you have no hope without me. Yes, the fire burns, but you know what? I got you. None of this is going to overtake you. I've got you. James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you are met by trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. What is the word faith? The word faith literally means to trust in something. It means to have a confidence in something. And the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance, it's the foundation. It's the building blocks. It's the assurance. It's the basis of. Faith is the basis or the foundation of the things that we place our hope in. The scripture says this about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Book of Habakkuk verse two, or chapter two verse four says, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. An assurance, a trust, a confidence that no matter how difficult the storm is today, no matter how hot the fires are today, that God has got you. That's what faith is. God has got you. We all exhibit faith every single day. I don't know if you understand that or not. You, you think, oh, I just don't have the same faith you do, or I don't have a lot of faith. You exhibit faith, you exercise faith every single day. Every time you get in the car to drive to church or to drive to work, you trust whoever put that car together knew what they were doing and that the tires aren't gonna fall off. All right, you trust the driver next to you in the lane next to you that they know what they're doing, right? You, you trust when you walk through these doors and you sit down, there are I think eight air conditioners on this building, maybe nine air conditioners on this building. You're trusting that Bobby, when he built this building, built it strong enough that those air conditioners are not gonna squash you like a bug by falling through the, the ceiling. You're exhibiting, you're practicing faith even by just sitting here right now. Every single one of us has faith. That's not a question. The question is where will you choose to put that faith? 
Because your faith is only as good as where you've placed that faith. Your faith is only as strong as in whom you place that faith. Some people place their faith in the fact that we're created out of muck and slime and that we evolved from apes. That takes just as much faith to believe as it does to believe that there's a creator who knows me by name and who formed me and knit me in my mother's womb. Both take faith because you cannot observe either one. Do you understand? Your faith is only as strong as the one in whom you place the faith. And the scripture says here that your faith is being tested so that it can produce something, so that there's some fruit that will come out of it. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977